Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Podcast on Fifth Avenue. I'm Jordan. I'm here with Jenna and with Taylor. How is everybody doing? Oh, I'm sad development camp's over. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, check in on you, because that's like your thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, training camp on deck, though. Yeah, yeah that's Crazy exciting. That starting. Uh, oh, my gosh. I know. I can't even believe it. So it starts on the 23rd, starts on Thursday, runs through the 26th. They officially released the the training camp roster, so that's super exciting. Uh, what are some thoughts that we have going into training camp? How, how are we feeling overall about this list of guys? Yeah, I mean, looking at the – so coming off of development camp, um, something I'm really going to be watching for in training camp, you know, other than, you know, the storylines from the main NHL roster um, – is Josh Williams got an invite from uh, development camp to the main training camp. He's an undrafted um, forward um, from the WHL. Um, he attended their de- development camp in, in 2019 too. Um, and he, his shot is just crazy. It's like a laser. I mean, I've posted stories with the videos on it, but um, he, had, he had a really good camp again, uh, a development camp, and then he did get an invite to the main training camp. So he's someone that I, I, I would probably expect to earn a contract uh, out of this. I did ask player development, uh, Director of player development, Scott Young, about him, and he said they really like him. So um, if he has a good camp, he could earn a contract, which is, you know, they have not the greatest prospect pool. So, I mean, that's that would be a good thing. (laughs) Any addition is a good addition, it feels like at this point. Yeah. Jenna, what are your thoughts? I'm kind of just looking forward to seeing how some of the new guys that they brought in the offseason, like we talked about with Danton Heinen and Brock McGinn, how they kind of gel, where they fit in, where their roles are, kind of who they take to. I always like, I don't know, when we get to watch from our perspective, I kind of like seeing, you know, okay, who's kind of like the new buddies? Like when, you know, new guys come in, you know, who are they talking yeah. to? Whose mind are they picking? Kind of thing like that. It's just really cool to observe them in that way. Um, so I'm just kind of excited to see, you know, how exactly they're going to fit in. One, I think we're all excited to see too i mean granted we're not entirely going to know but what are the lines going to look like especially yeah. you know all the you know the top two there's so many combinations i think that a lot of people could think of obviously i feel like we know that jeff carter is going to be in that top center role mm-hmm. but you could see you know who are they going to put on his wings are they going to look to break up the second line knowing that they might have some consistency with carter are they going to put those guys on the top line i think there's just a lot of questions there that'll be intriguing to see how they get answered and it's just crazy to me how quickly it ramps up like all of a sudden it's like boom 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 all of a sudden it's like wait they're playing preseason games in like a week and a half if i'm right Mm -hmm. yeah you are and it's it really is crazy because it felt like there was nothing for the longest time and then as soon as development camp started it was just like pushing a snowball down the hill and it's just turning into an avalanche which is honestly super exciting i've really really missed hockey um And I think another thing that's going to be interesting, at least something that I'm going to be keeping my eye on is how, how did guys like uh, Mike Matheson do? Cause he, he was somebody that people weren't really expecting to play well when he came to Pittsburgh and he, he performed rather adequately for the most part in his time here last season. And he's coming back. I I'm hopeful that he's going to kind of settle in even more and look more comfortable than he did last year, even, and maybe even kind of step up. I think the defensive pairings are going to be just be fascinating to watch in general. Like what about guys like Chad Ruedel? Are they, are we going to see more from him than we have in the past? And then obviously I think the thing that everybody's, most nervous about or 
going to be most attentive of is the goaltending situation. Uh, what's going on there? Because as of right now, would you say that it's fair that they're probably leaning towards Tristan Jari being the number one goalie going into this season? Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of what Hextall, Brian Burke have been saying all throughout the offseason that, you know, they're, they remain confident in him and that they think, you know, he can turn it around instead of changing the goaltenders, they change the goaltending coach. Um, and players have, they've been having informal skates for a little, a little bit now. Um, and so Kyoto has been working with Jari and Smith and kind of building that relationship. They already did have a pre-existing relationship from their time in Wolfsbury. So um, we'll just be interesting to see how maybe Kyoto's, uh, you know, stepping into that role maybe helps Jari. Kyoto's really big into like the the mental side of the game. Um, I don't know how that compares necessarily to Buckley, um, but just from listening to Kyoto talk and the, the goalie prospects, how they talked about Kyoto. Um, so, you know, it's it's gonna be his job to get Jari turned around right mentally. So, yeah, that's yeah. something to keep an eye on. Yeah, hopefully, think- hopefully we'll see a difference. Yeah, go ahead, Jenna. Sorry, I was going to say, I think we know, too, that the way that Jari started last season and just, you know, how he needed to take a little bit of a mental break in that sense, in terms of when they were like, hey, we're going to, you know, walk you through some things that was, you know, early at the beginning of the season. I think that is a huge aspect um, to probably strengthening his game and seeing what he comes into this season like, because, you know, obviously when we heard from him at the end of the season, you know, it obviously didn't go the way he or anybody else had hoped. He took responsibility for, you know, that game five over double overtime. I was going to say overtime. No, it's double overtime. Um, <laughs> blunder there. But I think like, I mean, again, we kind of sometimes seem to forget how young he is and how that was his first full playoff starting in that role. So of course he's not a rookie. He had that whole, you know, he had all of last season, all of the season before the pandemic and all that to really kind of get his feet under him. But at the same time, I think for him, him this is going to be kind of I, I not making like NFL comparisons but like that year one to year two jump where like okay he is the guy he's going to they're putting a lot of responsibility on him they're saying hey we need to trust you like Taylor mentioned Hextall and Burke have kind of said all offseason and Sullivan too when we talked to him at the end of the season we trust him we believe in him he is our guy he knows he has to prove that and I think kind of having that mental side of it with Kyoto really being that being one of his strengths and that him working with Jari on that I think that's really going to vote well because the mental game for especially goaltenders is just so crucial something and that I was think- Matt Murray's biggest downfall too was his just the mental game he yeah. oh my goodness it was just painful to watch and it it just felt like his entire psyche just deteriorated in front of our eyes but yeah what were you going to say Taylor oh yeah I mean something I think to watch forward to that might be a su- surprise is uh I, I wouldn't rule out Crosby joining the group that soon. Um, I mean, looking at because I mean they've been having these informal skates. He's been skating in in Cranberry for at least a couple of days now. I mean, um, not with you know the the bigger groups, but he has been skating on his own. And and I mean it's obviously a wrist injury, so he can skate. But he's skating. I mean he's he's stick handling. Um, so if I mean he could join in a in a non-contact uh, capacity soon. I mean because they did. Um, they said he would, you know, miss the start of training camp, but they didn't. The way they phrased that makes me think he would. He, we're going to see him during training camp at some point here. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of guys in town already. I haven't. Malkin has hasn't been on the ice that I've seen. Um, he, you know, he's still recovering, but I mean, Crosby. Um, that that was just encouraging to see him on the ice in Cranberry already. 
<laughs> Other observations from these informal skates. So uh, Latang cut his hair. Um, I his, saw that. The man bun's gone. Um, Jeff Carter, oh. very tan. So we're getting like movie star <laughs> LA Jeff Carter. <laughs> and, um, and then it looked like uh, Sam Lafferty shaved his head. So uh, we're getting a new Sam oh, Lafferty. It looked like it, like I, it was with the helmet on, but you could see it, it looked like he shaved his head. So um, oh yeah, again, like these informal skates, not a whole lot of actual observations you can, you can take away from them. Um, you, you from watching it, they were doing some light scrimmaging um, a couple of days ago. You could tell they're not going 100%. Um, but yes, yeah, so not not a whole lot of real observations. I, Brian Boyle is out there. Um, he, you know, again, it's 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 a scrimmage, and they're not going 100%. They're like 60, 70%. Um, but he, but he was at least he, keeping up. Um, I know Good. that's obviously the big concern is that you know has he slowed down because he hasn't played in the last year. Um, but I mean, <laughs> the the limited action I saw in these informal skates, um, you know, he he was meshing well with the guys he was skating with. Yeah, that's great. Good news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, why don't we take a a quick break, and then when we get back, we can we can have you kind of break down uh, your takeaways from the development camp. Awesome. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. So as Taylor mentioned, her Christmas just occurred, development camp. And you were there for all of it, right? You, oh, yeah. Every single second, I'm guessing. Every, yeah, so break, yeah, break it down for us. Yeah, what are some highlights? Uh, what were some things that you saw that you were expecting? What were some things you saw that surprised you? Give, give us all the details. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, first of all, it's it's hard to build any, you know, scattering report just off of four days of, of drills. I think anyone that's coming out of this and, and telling you, <laughs> forming a scattering report off of any of these players, especially goalies, um, they're lying. Um, but, uh, you know, the, you, you do see some of the elements of these guys' games and, you know, the speed, if anyone has that, uh, and just a couple of highlights with goals and stuff like that um guys that stood out to me jonathan gruden um he was actually you know when wilkesbury head coach jd force um spoke he was one of the first guys he mentioned as, as someone that's having a good camp um for they got him in the matt murray trade um just a very good two-way game he killed penalties for wilkesbury um i mean they were doing these small area games and and he's like dropping to block shots in the crease and um, it's just kind of a, a gritty game. Um, he's someone, you know, he's a rookie last year. Just be really uh, interesting to see uh, what kind of year two he has. Um, Philip Lindbergh really stood out, the the Finnish goalie they signed. Yeah, he's someone um, I think to really watch for. He could compete for maybe you know the third the third starting the the third the third goaltending job maybe starting in Wilkesbury. Um, scrimmage really the whole camp. He he looked really strong. Um, I mean, a, a lot of guys. Uh, Hollander, I thought, had a good camp. You saw maybe his skate. His skating, I thought, stood out in the in the five on five scrimmage um, they had. I know. His, I think a skating was maybe a concern with him for some people coming into this. 
um, Legere, Legere to his skating, he, he lost 15 pounds, um, which I'd love to know exactly how he did it, but <laughs> he, said, he said he changed his diet um, and he feels that, you know, the quick, uh, a quicker first couple steps on the ice, which is his biggest thing. Um, Pullan, I thought we saw, honestly, I, I was hoping to see more from him. Um, his skating didn't especially stand out for me. Skating was maybe a concern with him. Again, it was only four days, so it's hard to form a real scouting report. It's They didn't even play like a real full game. <laughs> it was just a scrimmage. But uh, I don't know. I would have liked to see more from him. I've, I talked about him, you know, when we did the preview, but Felix Robert, um, the AHL contract track guy, five foot nine. Uh, JD Forrest said, you know, during camp, he plays like he's seven feet tall. Um, and I think I said when we were here, like he's undersized, but no one told him that. Um, just watching him <laughs> in the scrimmage, the way he's like barreling through guys and battling for pucks. And it might take him, you know, like one, two tries, but like he's going to knock you off the puck. Um, so just stuff like that. And I, again, I mentioned Josh Williams. He's someone, you know, that could earn um, a spot. So I don't know. I, the prospect pool relative to the rest of the league is pretty weak, but I mean, there are still some guys to look forward to. That's awesome. Jenna, were there any players in particular that really caught your eye from this camp? I was going to say, I wasn't there a ton, so I'll go like preface with that, but I've been, you know, keeping up and reading and things like that. Mm-hmm. Taylor has fantastic articles that really <laughs> yeah. give a whole so lot of insight, which is wonderful. Giving you a little plug mm-hmm. in that way. Cause you know, we appreciate all that you do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that um, especially with Lindbergh, he's so interesting to me. He's so intriguing because as soon as they made that signing, I like, College hockey, as much as I love regular hockey or, you know, NHL hockey, I say regular hockey, NHL, um, I have such a love and like a little niche appreciation in that sense for college hockey and just seeing all of these guys because the college game has grown so much and you're seeing so many more college players come mm-hmm. and, go, you know, play, stay, you know, two, three, even the four years at college, a lot of them, you know, two to three more than the four, but seeing those guys finish their college careers and then transition into the NHL. Um, I mean, I, I'll, I'll never forget. I think it was, I want to say it was the Bruins game, the Bruins penguins game towards the end of the season where I think like half of each roster, all of the guys had played in college. So it was insane mm-hmm. just to kind of see the transition for that. But Lindbergh was someone when they signed him, I was very intrigued or when they brought him in, I was very intrigued by because he had an unbelievable season at UMass. Again, obviously it was an interesting season coming back from the pandemic, but he's also somebody that Kale McCarr speaks incredibly highly about. And if Kale McCarr is speaking very highly about you, clearly you're doing something right there. Mm-hmm. So I think he's just, he's so intriguing to me. And from what Taylor said, I mean, a lot of people that I heard said that he looked pretty good again, you know, it's a very small sample size. How is he going to fare when he's going yeah. up against, you know, the penguins top line, et cetera, et cetera. But I think he has so much upside to him. And again, that you know working through college when you win a national championship at any level it's fantastic but the way that that UMass team played this year the way that they played in the championship game against a very 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 solid Duluth team I think that it just kind of you know bodes really well coming in and giving him a, a lot of confidence moving forward in the sense that you know hey I can compete here I kind of Taylor you took exactly what I was going to say too I think he really can compete for that number three spot yeah, and I mean, you you mentioned the national championship. He started uh, three of the four games um, in you know that the, the championship run. Um, two of the, I mean, he obviously won all three. Two of those wins were shutouts. 
um, including a 25 wow. save shutout in the championship game. So, I mean, he's played in big games. Um, yeah, so that's really cool to, to see from him. Um, my Something that I love about him is, um, so I don't know, people probably remember back in 2019, the Penguins invited um, a goalie named Matt Murray to development camp. Not Penguins, like they're Matt Murray, but the Matt Murray from UMass. Um, so he, Matt Murray and Lindbergh were sharing the net. Um, and, and Lindbergh took the starting job for Matt Murray, which like, I think I tweeted when they signed him, I tweeted like the Spider-Man pointing meme, like Jari, Jari and Lindbergh when they see each other at camp after both taking the starting job for Matt Murray. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the way the story goes is Lindbergh went to, um, their coach and, and asked for more playing time because they were kind of splitting it uh, pretty evenly. And uh, he, the coach told him that, you know, if you want to start every game, you have to maintain a 940 save percentage and allow um, fewer than two goals per game. And, and he did that. He lived up to those expectations. And that's why he started, you know, three or four of those games. So um, I, I just saw that kind of at, that attitude that he did go to the coach and say, like, I, I want that, um, you know, the, the starting job. Because um, coming in, he is going to be battling with um, – uh, Louis Deming, which is how you pronounce that third goalie's name. I butchered it last week. I looked it up. Louis Deming. Who would have guessed? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, it looks like Louis Domingue. But, yeah, Louis Deming. <laughs> um, him and Alex Dorio, who took over as the Wilkes-Barre starter last year. So, really, it's just going to be an interesting battle down there. So, okay, so speaking of, of goalies, Tristan Jar and makeovers. So, it's really coming full circle here. Um Tristan Jari got new pads today, and there was a lot of uh, fuss on social media about whether or not the color of your pads makes a difference. So I want both of you to weigh in. Uh, does it matter that he that his pads are all black now? Yeah, I mean, because you see a lot of goalies now. It, not so much, uh, you know, in older like the '90s, early 2000s. I think you a lot used to see a lot of more colorful, colorful pads. But now it seems like goalies are going towards more all white um, because you know the thought is that uh, it's harder for a shooter to kind of see where the pad is and where the ice ends. And um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know how. I, you know, I'm sure people have looked into the numbers, but I don't know. I think you can make up a case for for black pads. It would be easier to, for the um, the puck to be lost in them. You know, and, and so <laughs> it, I don't know. I honestly, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. Um, the goalie that just won the Vesna did it with gold pads all year. So flurry. <laughs> I mean, because if you, you, you <laughs> remember. Flurry when he had the banana pads coming out of juniors, he switched them because I, I think it was an eye doctor told him that uh, it, that it's I guess that bright yellow is the worst color, but um, for wow. a shooter it makes it easier to see like you know where the where the pad is. But then again, Flurry he didn't have the banana pads, but he did have gold. So um, I don't know. Look good, feel good. Um, if he thinks he looks good, good for. Him. And that'll help, but I don't think it necessarily makes that big of a difference when it comes to like your eyes. I need somebody to like do the stats on this. I need to look into like all of the goalies, what colors were like last season, how they performed, what colors were their pads, how did it help? I mean, again, it's all these like little nuancey things that you know people can look into and say, oh, it's gonna make a world of a difference. Oh, it's not gonna make any difference. It might, who's to say? I don't know. I mean, again, kind of Taylor, what you said, look good, feel good. If you know that's part of that mental aspect for Jari. If he's, you know, hey, I love these. I'm at the top of my game. 
um, then hey, all power to them. Social media just <laughs> took a hold of it today, though. Yeah, my goodness, it really like, did. <laughs> everyone chimed in. I feel like I saw just my entire timeline when it wasn't Steelers Mike Tomlin's press conference. It was oh, oh my, my thoughts on Jari's pads X Y Z. Yeah, I, people who I, don't I, even pay attention to hockey were like chiming in on his pads. It's like get out of here, get out of the conversation. You don't, you don't care. Whatever. A, a former goalie, uh, Mike McKenna, he did quote tweet like like NHL in the minor leagues quote tweet quote tweeted me, and he did say like goalies are starting to figure out the white pads don't make you any extra saves. So he's a goalie. <laughs> I don't know, he, <laughs> not one of the top guys, you know, to play, but just he is kind of an authority, I guess, because he has been a goalie in the NHL. Yeah, um, saying that you know he doesn't think it makes a difference, but. I don't know. I tweeted the before we started recording. Uh, my favorite goalie color, you know, pad color setup. You, you saw, yeah. Uh, University of Maryland, University of Maryland, their their club team. Um, their goalies a lot of times will just have the Maryland flag, um, <laughs> just straight down the pads. Which you get the black, you get the white, you get the chaos. I don't know. I, I'm I would advocate everyone puts the Maryland flag on their goalie pads. Um, yeah, you get everything. So. <laughs> wow. If we're talking good sick. goalie pads, I'm going to like talk as I deep dive because shout out to my dad for loving goalie pads. He was a goalie when he played. So the Dartmouth College pads, let me see if I can find them. They are absolutely insane. It was like they have, I, I need to like pull them up so I can't explain it. But for our listeners, they're white pads that have like evergreen trees kind of like along the middle coming up hold on mm. i'll see if i can find it my dad doesn't tweet a ton but when he does <laughs> it's goalie pads oh, it's I goalie pads love, i would love to see more just creativity more different yeah pads, why not so many goalies have similar pads and it makes our lives easier watching practice to identify like who is there who like right casey smith has very distinct pads when he comes out you're mm-hmm. like okay i know that's casey to smith um but I mean, so many goalies have very similar pads, and uh, it just makes us easier watching practice. Get taking a head count. So bad. Okay, yeah, those are. Sick. Oh my I, lord! I would love patterns, patterns other like that, other than just like stripes, oh, you know. Beautiful. That's beautiful. incredible. That's art. Like I, I, amazing. Out. Yeah, tweet that. Like the, what the Coyotes goalies they did like Kachina, like those kind of oh. patterns. So. I would love to see more of that. I love the the all black look. Uh, again, I don't think mm-hmm. it makes it's slick. much of a difference. I I would just love to yeah. see like the creativity come back. Yeah, I think it's a good look. Honestly, I I just love black and gold together. And there's something that is really like sleek and clean about it. And they're always so there's so much attention to detail in their helmets and the art on their helmets. So why not just you know tie it all together with your pads too like you have the you have the ability to do it why not i i think it's awesome and you know what it's not going to make them play worse didn't brian johnson have the all black when he knocked out dp i think like back yeah when i think of like all black pads for some reason brian johnson comes to mind um i don't know so just channel that confidence of of brian johnson knocking out rick dp (laughs) it's a good confidence to have with it it really is man in black (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's pretty sick i love it oh my yeah. god yeah well it's he's going to be taking those into training camp with him this thursday uh the 23rd 
uh, Cranberry, correct? The the UPMC yes. Lemieux Sports Complex. Awesome. Taylor, you're going to be there, I'm assuming. Um, Jenna, will you be there at all? Uh, intermittently. This is like my favorite time of the year where it's like, hey, hockey's starting. Everything. We're in mid-football form. We got high school football. So it's like every yeah. day will be something different. It'll be hockey in the morning, football in the afternoon. Love it. Oh, that's awesome. It is the best time of the year. But yeah, make sure you're following Taylor for all of your in-depth uh, coverage on training camp. And we'll keep bringing the, the news and the highlights to you every week with uh, podcast on Fifth Avenue. Thank you so much as always for listening and we'll see you again next week.